Is there a song about leadership? Being the leader? I can't think of any. Oh. ¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that Bato Gallo, the chivalrous chauvinist. You can find me at Cochino Chingon on Instagram, TikTok, and sometimes Twitter. Welcome to another episode of Sucias, or my favorite. So because I'm a one-man show and lose track of things and don't have an accurate calendar as to how or why I do things, I am behind on the how to be a man in a society that hates masculinity. I forget. It was from bassman.com and I'd meant to do alternating weeks, but I had screwed up and scheduled a lot of interviews back to back to back that were scheduled to be released, not scheduled to record. The idea was to be able to have time to cover between these episodes. So I apologize for that if you were anticipating coming back here and have missed out on the last three of the series. So I'm going to knock these out and you'll have the next three weeks or the next two weeks of this one to hear about my opinion on different aspects about being a man in today's society. So from that same article of askmen.com, which will be linked in the show notes, if I remember, section five or paragraph five is be a leader. Quote, the concept of being an alpha male might be on the way out, but that doesn't mean that the world doesn't need successful men who can be leaders. Good things don't happen by accident, and you need to work hard to make the world a better place. The men who have fallen from their pedestals in recent years aren't being thrown away because they're men, but because their leadership styles were toxic and stunted people's growth. You can still be a leader as a man, but directing in a way that lifts people up rather than beating them down. Older ideas about discipline, punishment, and so forth are exactly that. Old. Want to be a true leader? Learn how to inspire those around you, help them grow, and don't shape them to your liking until they fit a narrow vision of what success looks like. End quote. I don't know about you, but that sounded vague to me, the whole idea about it. Aside from disparaging older leaders or other leaders that have been uh, canceled, for lack of a better word, and discussing that the ideas about discipline and punishment are old. They are old, but I think they're trying to imply that they should be on the way out and shouldn't be seen or used anymore. And the who want to be inspired, want to be a true leader, learn how to inspire those around you. That is good advice. However, there's got to be different leadership styles depending on what or whom you're trying to lead. If you're trying to lead blue collar workers, if you're trying to lead white collar workers, if you're trying to lead teammates in some type of sport, recreational, professional, or for fun, uh, I guess recreational, but from a rec league to just meeting up with friends at basketball court, picking up a game. So to me, being a leader is an important aspect about being life, being a, being a man, regardless of whether society accepts you or it shuns you for being more masculine than what is socially acceptable nowadays. For me, being a leader, it's important to be able to prove or show to those that you're leading that you're not going to ask them or you're not asking them to do things that you have not or would not do. It is terribly difficult to lead people, or, or just let me, let me take it back, from when I was on my tools, when I was a blue-collar worker. Uh, there were times that we would get a supervisor, superintendent, foreman, lead man, whatever. 
we would get someone that would be quote unquote in charge of a group of us. And sometimes those guys were straight out of college and they only had book knowledge on how to be a manager, not practical knowledge on how to do the task. So on one hand, it was annoying when we would come to that person for a question like, Hey, we need clarification on what this print says. The print says X, what's out in the field is Y. For let's just say, for example, we're supposed to run um, electrical wire in conduit in pipe from point A to point B. And between point A and B, there is a wall. And per rules that we already know, a fire rated wall, which is a wall that is supposed to separate fires or contain fires within a building. Uh, a lot of times, buildings are made to have different sections. So if there's a fire in one section of the building, it would take, um, depending on the, the rating of the wall, most basic is a three-hour fire rating. So ideally, or in or perfect conditions, if the area is sealed off, it would take three hours for that fire to move from section A to section B. And if we're going to penetrate that wall, make a hole in that wall, we have to uh, put in some fire rated gunk around our pipe that would still keep the fire rating as though the wall were still intact. <sighs> a lot of times these new guys just have no idea what they're talking about, or they'll tell us, yeah, go ahead and do it. And of course, when they get in trouble for not realizing their mistake, then they pass the buck onto us. So then they lose our respect because they are throwing us under the bus and not admitting that they did not know what they were doing. So it's a twofold problem in that sense. Now, there are guys that work their way up from being electrician, working with their tools, being on their tools, and taking classes on their own or following whatever protocols a company sets up as far as moving up to being a superintendent and those guys you can go to them with a the problem and a lot of times it's you just not myself not thinking on how to tackle a problem that I'm, I'm stuck in my ways i've been doing x y and z for the past three months and now i'm moved over to a different task that i haven't done in about a year or two and my mindset isn't on track to perform that task so think of it this way you are someone that works in an office and your job is accounts receivable. So all you do is take the bills in, process them, and uh, do whatever the accounting firmware, whatever the protocol is where the company prioritizes how the bills are paid. Let's assume that's your day-in, day-out job for the past few months. And now, today, somebody's out and payroll needs to get taken care of. So now you're stuck in payroll. Same general idea. It's still accounting, but it's not your forte. It's not something that you do day in and day out. And so there may be some mistakes in what you got to do. So you would have to go, or ideally, you have someone you can go to to get clarification like, hey, I'm not used to this. This is what I need to do. How do I do it? And that would be the purpose of having a lead man on the job site is a lot of times you get moved around or shuffled into a position because they're either out of material to perform the task for building out a section or there is not enough material or you've worked too fast or the material hasn't shown up or whatever the, the case may be, but you are essentially out of work to do on your normal task. So now you get moved into something else and having to switch gears for that. A lot of times your mind isn't in the place or isn't in practice to perform that task. So you go to your lead man, you go to your superintendent, you go to your foreman or whoever and go with them with the print, ask them a question. Hey, you know, I need to do this and you do it. Why? I'm coming up with a blank, 
this is how I normally do it. This is how I'm thinking of it, but it seems like complicated or it seems too many steps. Am I on the right track or is there something else I can do? And a good leader, someone that has experience, will tell you, hey, yeah, this is how we can do it. I like your idea, whatever it is. And either go ahead and run with it the way you said, or let's try this other option first. And they will take ownership if that option that they chose or decided to do doesn't work out. And they're not berating you for not knowing how to do the thing or not knowing how to perform the task. They're not being wishy-washy and telling you to figure it out because they don't know what you're even talking about in the first place. So those are different ideas, at least for the blue-collar side. Having the respect of your peers or your direct reports because you know how to do the job. And in a white-collar position, a lot of times it's based on merit as well. Other times it could just be you graduated from college with the right credentials, know the right people, have the right networking, and now you're a white-collar middle management person. And that can work as well. And so then the tasks there are different. A lot of times it's people managing, managing the people that you have and keeping them happy to continue doing their work, as well as meeting the goals and expectations and um, KPIs, key performance indicators of what you're supposed to do for your section or for your department, whatever you're in charge of. So sometimes the inspiring those around you, I, I just don't think that's a, a cookie cutter answer. You can't be asked or told to be a good leader to inspire everyone around you. Other Sometimes you just got to be able to direct people or delegate tasks efficiently and with the authority that you can do the tasks yourself if needed. So what I'm getting at is that to be a good leader, you not only have to inspire those around you, but you have to be able to take ownership for the things that you do. Because leading people, leading a group of people, isn't just about being in charge. It's also being responsible for the actions of the people that you lead. It is kind of like being in the military, that you're responsible for the actions of your people. If you're a sergeant or a captain or whatever higher ranking, upper echelon, position you have, you are responsible for the actions of those that are other your subordinates. So you got to take the good with the bad. You have to be responsible for their actions. In turn, you also get the praise from their actions. And a good leader isn't going to sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, thanks to me, they did all this good work. You're going to give credit where it's due. And I think that's the most important thing is letting your people know, letting your subordinates, letting your direct report to know that they are valued and they're important to the team. That sure, there are superstars in certain sections that are better at doing one, two, or three different tasks. But the goal of a leader is to get others to meet their goals, meet their quota, meet their potential. Because that's another part of it. It's, it's not just getting people to do their jobs, but ideally, you would have someone that you can teach to be a better person or better employee and not for the benefit of the company, but to reach their own potential. For example, back when I was an electrician, I had this guy that I was working under. He was my journeyman and he told me early on, or once he kind of figured out that I wasn't just, you know, a dummy that's going to just sit there and be happy or content with just doing the same monotonous thing all the time. There are some electricians that will only run conduit. They'll only run pipe or they'll only be on wire runs or they'll only do switch gears or they'll only do 
one aspect of electrical work because that's what they're comfortable with. That's what they like doing. That's where they can get in a zone and just do their work. And this guy realized that I like to learn, that I would ask him questions, not to be annoying, but why are we doing X, Y, or Z, even though the code book says uh, whatever it says. Just it says do A, B, and C, and we're doing A, B, C, and D. Why are we doing D? It would be the question of, you know, why are we doing the extra little things? Why are we doing it like this? Why are we doing it like that? What's the purpose of doing it this way? A lot of times the answers were to make our life easier, to be able to do whatever we need to do you know, with its less stress or less strain on us ourselves. In any case, he pushed me to not just stay in commercial work, to try my hand at industrial, and if I could get into service work. So service work forces you to think more, think outside the box. And having done various aspects of electrical work, I moved my way up into being a supervisor and being a leader there. And that is my preferred way, or what I think is a better way of becoming a leader, is the trial by fire of learning all aspects and everything you can possibly learn about your job so that you can help others do their job better. That doesn't mean that that's the end-all, be-all way to become a leader. There's tons of books out there, I'm sure, to be a better person, to be a better you, and to be a leader that you need to be. But before you can be a leader, you need to learn how to follow. You need to learn to be able to how to understand how to take direction and not to not question directions or not to question uh, orders or instructions, but to think about those instructions. Don't just blindly do things because someone tells you, okay, go do this. Try to understand the why behind you're doing things. And if you can understand the why things are being done, then it can be better for you because you can explain it to someone else on how to do it. I'm not a proponent of hoarding information, of learning as much as you can and keeping it to yourself. A lot of times, at least us in, in Western society or in Western civilization, particularly in the U.S., I've seen through a various number of industries, uh, not just from the blue-collar side but also white-collar, is that oftentimes some employees or some individuals become specialists in their field or specialists in their job so that in their eyes or in their mind, they are valuable to the company. And so if they're that specialist, they can't get fired, which on one hand makes sense. You're trying to protect your job. You're trying to protect yourself from or, or maintaining your job security. The downside to that idea is that you're, you're less likely to get approved for vacation because, oh, what if the machine goes down when you're on vacation? We can't call you. What if we can't get a hold of you? You can't go on vacation because we need you here to take care of things. So you can end up shooting you in the foot. Personally, I preferred when I was a supervisor in, in, for maintenance technicians is have everybody cross-train and teach and work with each other. In the maintenance uh, section or sector, a lot of times there are individuals that are specialized. Like I was an electrician and I would pick up plumbing and carpentry and millwright work and different things from other maintenance techs because that was their background, that they have a strong background in X, Y, or Z, and they've been handymen at home where they've repaired things at other places or for friends and family. So they have an idea of how other trades work, but they don't know the rules or the code book to how things should be done. 
and by cross-training each other that made them stronger overall and allowed me to be able to approve time off for these guys beforehand. They would come in and they would say, hey, I need time off, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, so um, you are usually the guy, the go-to guy for X. How are we going to make sure that if this goes down while you're out, it, it, you know, it keeps running. So it finally, I was finally able to explain to them, I'm going to improve your time, but I would like for you in the meantime to teach the other guys on different shifts how to do what you know how to do. And at first, their um, reaction was kind of like, well, you know, if, if I teach them, then how do I know I'm going to keep my job? So like, you don't. There's, there's no jobs. I have no job security. No one really has job security. That is, oh man, that's, a, that's such a fallacy, in, especially in, in the U.S. And I think COVID kind of helped us realize this, that job security is an illusion. There is really no job security in whatever you have. You can lose whatever job you have in an instant. Some jobs are more resilient than others, but for the most part, it's better to be a better individual and broaden your horizons and try to be the hoarder of information to try to keep your job or try to ensure that you're going to keep that job. So in case, that's just me rambling. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you for being here. Tune in next week so you can hear about my opinion on being a good listener. Thank you for sticking around. I love you. You're worthy of it. Till next time, besos.